Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. If if you're able, why don't you stand up with me? Now, go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry, that may have been confusing. (laughs) And we're going to pray together before we jump into this word this morning. And as we pray, why don't you just position yourself in some way to receive from the Lord all that he has for you today, all that, he, all that he has to say to you, all that he wants to do in you, all that he wants to do through you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you've already said, what you've already done. And God, we ask that you continue to speak to us. As we look into your word, Father, we thank you that we always find truth and healing and revelation as we dive into your word. God, I ask that you begin to open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive truth. Father, I thank you that you put your words into my heart and my mouth, and that I only say the things that you want said. God, we thank you for this time together, that you're bringing hope and healing this morning. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead, find a chair, should be right behind you. Because you were already sitting down. It's good to be back. I haven't, besides this morning, it's been four Sundays since I have done proached. Proached is the past tense of preach. I just made it up, and it's good English. So if you never heard it before, that's why. Uh, It's been four weeks since I got to preach last Sunday. If you weren't with us, my parents were here, and they spoke. And my parents are just not my parents. My parents are some of our overseers as the church. My parents are also uh, a, one of our pastors in our life that look out over us and pay attention and make sure that, that me and Pastor Jen don't get weird and start preaching weird stuff and do weird things. It's important to have people in your life who don't let you get weird, right? Well, you want to get weird? Is that what you're saying? You, 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 this is the weird crowd? Is that what it is? It's important you have people in your life that are checking on you, that don't let you get weird. And so last week, mom and dad were here, and they did a fantastic job. And the week before, Jacob, other Jacob spoke, and he did a great job. He spoke from here, and before that, Pastor Jen shared. And so it's been a long time. I have so much that I feel like I could tell you. I mean, in the last three weeks, I've, I've been to Vancouver for, like, a massive concert, and there was, like, a train wreck in the concert, and it was amazing. I could tell you stories about that. Not like a real train wreck, like a train wreck musically. You know what I'm talking about? Like when the band's on the stage and things fall apart. We call that a train wreck in the music world. And so there was a train wreck with, like, big professional musicians. It was awesome. I loved every second. I've been to California in the last couple of weeks and had some sunshine and drove around LA and that was fun, but I'm not here to talk about those things today. We're here to continue looking in the book of 1 John. And so I want you to open your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 2. And we finished chapter 2 in the first season, or the first, first season, first uh, service, that's the word. And my goal is to finish it as well in this service. Um, I want to remind you who John is writing to. John is writing to a group of people who, at this point, there are second-generation followers of Jesus, and there's possibly third-generation followers of Jesus. This is about 90-ish years after Jesus came and left, and so it's been a long time. And people initially thought that Jesus was coming back right away. And so it's been a long time, and so people by this point are starting to grow a little cold 
in their own relationship with Jesus. They're starting to grow a little tired of the daily practices and the rhythms. There are false teachers that are coming in and they've come in among the group. It'd be like if we were here right now, there'd be people that came in and made themselves part of the church, but they began to preach different theologies. They began to preach different beliefs about Jesus and who he was and if he really was the son of God and all those kind of things. And so these people began to creep in. And so at the same time, the people are getting tired. They're getting weary in their walk with Jesus. There's all kinds of lies trying to find their way into hearts of people. And so we're talking about those kind of people. And I feel like, by and large, there is a massive section of the body of Christ. There are people in the body of Christ who, if we're going to be real, could probably identify with that same mindset where they've been a believer for a long time and maybe the initial passion they had for Jesus is starting to wane. Maybe they're getting a little tired in their walk with Jesus. Maybe they're a little tired of reading their Bible and praying. Maybe they're a little tired of seeing the same faces at church all the time. Maybe they're getting a little weary of going to church all the time and singing songs and doing all this stuff. But John continually in this letter is reminding the people to come back to the things that they first heard and they first were taught. Right, And so that's what we're talking about. That's who we're talking to. And so as we talk about this, I want you to keep your hearts open so that God can speak to you. Because what the world needs now is people who are passionate and serious about their relationship with Jesus Christ. The world, you've heard me say this many, many times, the world doesn't need people who are so, so about their relationship with Jesus. The world doesn't need people who float from church to church to church looking for friends. The the world needs people who are planted in the house of God, who are passionate about Jesus, and who are passionate about sharing their love of Jesus with everybody they come into contact with. You don't get to go eat just yet. We're not done quite yet. Hang on a few minutes. So that's who he's writing to. We're going to jump in here. And I'm going to pick up in verse 18. John uses one of his favorite phrases, and he says, dear children. Because John is an old man at this point. He's an old guy. And so the care and the passion that he has for these people is kind of like the passion and the care that a grandpa would have for their grandkids. And so when he's writing to them, he's writing from a heart of love. And all the things that he's saying are not from a heart of condemnation where he's pointing his finger at them and saying, you're doing all these things wrong. His writing is from a point of love where I love you so much that I'm going to say hard things to you. I love you so much that I'm going to tell you the truth. Have you ever had anybody in your life that you loved that you really, really loved, and you loved them so much that you didn't want to just tell them what they wanted to hear when they needed the truth, that you loved them so much, you said, I love you so much that I'm actually going to tell you the truth. Have you ever had that experience in your life? Six people. You get it a lot when you're married. That's true. So he says... Listen, Mike, I'm going to tell you something nobody else is going to tell you. (laughs) Dear children, he says, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know the last hour has come. The first 
few words I want to focus on and remind you of is right here after Dear Children, The. He says, the last hour has come. I want to remind you, maybe you're sitting in church and you think you have all the time in the world. That the last days are coming at some point and you don't know when, but you're pretty sure they're not in your lifetime. I want to remind you of something. We don't know how long the last hours and the last days are, but it's a pretty safe assumption if you take stock of the world around you, if you look at what's happening outside in the world, if you look at the degradation of society, if you look at the, the morals and the values that have been thrown out the window and you see society falling apart, it's a pretty safe bet that we are in the last days in some way. I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying that so that you're awake and you're aware of the times you're living in so that, that you could never come back and say, nobody ever told me this is where we were at. If I would have known my house was on fire, I would have got out of the house, but you didn't tell me the house was on fire. You didn't tell me it was burning down. I'm telling you now, the house is on fire. And you need to have your eyes open because there's people around you that you are called to rescue from the flames of hell itself by sharing the good news of Jesus. There are people in your life that, that only you have connection with. I don't have any connection with your friends or your cousins or your, your husband's wife's kids. I don't know those people. I have no, I could pass them on the street and wouldn't even say hi because I don't know them. But listen, you do. And so you need to realize that the days of this world are coming to an end at some point, and you need to be aware of that so that you can, everywhere you go, be telling people about the good news that you have received because they need it as well. I was telling the people in the first service that I was listening to something recently. I can't even remember what I was listening to, but a man was talking, he was telling a story about a woman who had a friend at work, and she would go to work, and she was always, she was a good Christian girl. You know what I'm talking about? Like, she was a good Christian girl, never got into trouble. When she came to work, she was always smiling. She was always happy. She was the one who never got down by anything, who when bad things happened, she would put her chin up and walk through it, that she wouldn't participate in the gossip, that she wasn't one causing strife and division, that she wasn't up there stirring up the mess. And she had a friend who for years said to her, there's something different about you. I like being around you. There's something different about you. I just like spending time with you. And finally, one day after years, she got up the courage to ask her friend this, do you want me to tell you what's different about me and why you like spending time around me? Do you want me to tell you why I don't gossip? Do you want, to, do you want me to tell you why I don't stir up messes? Do you want me to tell you why all these things? And he said, yeah, I'd love to know the reason why. And she began to talk about Jesus. And she began to talk about how Jesus wasn't just a, a religion, but that there was a relationship that she had with Jesus. And that he had transformed her and was transforming her. Just a reminder that the work of Jesus is a transforming work. It doesn't happen once. He continues to work on the inside of you. And so she said that it's a transforming work that he's doing in me. And that's what you're seeing. And she talked about it, and then she said, do you have any questions about this? And he said this to her. He said, yeah, I do have a question. She said, well, what's your question? He said, what took you so long to tell me about this? Isn't that a crazy thought? And I'm telling you that 
because we are in the last days. John wrote here to these guys and said, hey, we're in the last days, the last hour. We can tell, he said, because the Antichrists have come up. And we're going to talk about this in a second. But I'm telling you this because everywhere you go, in, in all of your jobs, your schools, your relationships, your neighborhoods, your neighbors, all those kind of things, there are people around you that need what you have received from Jesus. And if you would but just tell them about the good work that Jesus has done in your life, it could possibly, if they will open their hearts to it, it could transform their life and eternally change their life. We need to be open, have our eyes open and awake that we're in the last days and there's work to do. Amen? So he says, the last hour is here. You've already heard the Antichrist is coming and already many such Antichrists have appeared. I want you to notice in probably most of your translations, the first Antichrist is capitalized. The second one is a lowercase a. He says, from this we know the last hour has come. What is he talking about here? He's talking about two different things. He's talking about the Antichrist is coming. If you know anything about the Antichrist, you probably first think of the Antichrist that is talked about in the book of Revelation. But John is talking about here lowercase Antichrist. And I want to tell you what he's talking about. It comes from a compound word in the Greek. It's Antichristos. Anti means this, instead of or against, and the second word is Christos, which is Christ, the anointed one. So antichrist literally means an opposer of Christ or one who usurps the place of Christ. So there can be, let me tell you this, and I want you to listen to me. There can be a spirit of antichrist in operation that tries to find his way into your hearts and lives. The Antichrist spirit is one that comes in and tries to take the place of Christ in your life. You need to have your eyes open, and if there is any place in your life that you had allowed something to take the place of Christ, you need to let God speak to you and show you what that thing is so you can remove it from your life and restore Christ to the position in your life that he is due. Mm. I don't think you love that as much as I love saying it. If we don't have Christ in the right place in our hearts and lives, if we don't have him where he's supposed to be, then we have other things there. And those other things will cause us to be double-minded in our worship of Jesus. And James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So I say in the name of Jesus that if we have things in our hearts and our lives right now that we have lifted up above the name of Jesus, Father, I ask you that you begin to point those things out to us right now and show us what they are so that we can remove those things. Father, I thank you for the strength right now for some of us in those areas of our lives to remove those things, to tear down those false idols, to tear down those things that are trying to usurp your authority in our lives. And Father, we place you back where you are so supposed to be because we worship only you we love you Jesus have your place in our lives can I get an amen Amen. do not let an antichrist arise in your life take stock of your life look at the things in your life what do you worship listen we all worship things we all worship things we shouldn't probably worship 
And it's okay to take stock of your life so you can look and see what is happening in your life. Maybe you worship the need for friends. Maybe you worship your children. Maybe you worship your job. Maybe you worship money. Maybe you worship your body. Maybe you worship all kinds of things. And I pray the Spirit of God shows you those things so that you can put them back where they're supposed to be and put Christ where he is supposed to be in your life. He goes on. So we're going to keep going on. He said, these people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved they did not belong with us. But, he says, you're not like that. For the Holy One has given you his spirit. The Holy One has given you his spirit. The literal Greek says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. If you have Christ in your life, if you've given your life to Jesus, then John is saying right here, you have an anointing from the Holy One. You need to understand that. You need to grasp that. You need to hide that truth in your heart. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. You have that anointing living inside of you to enable you to be who God has called you to be, to go where God has called you to go and to do the things that God has called you to do. I love the way it says this right here in the Greek. You have an anointing from the Holy One. It puts to our mind the thought that Jesus went to heaven, like he said in John, I got to go to heaven so I can send the Holy Spirit down. But it, it conjures up this picture in your heart, if you think about it, that he was thinking about you and said, I am giving my anointing to Aaron. I am giving my anointing to Jen. I am giving my anointing to Ashley. You should be a whole lot more enthusiastic about the fact that you have the anointing living on the inside of you, that you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, that you have, listen to me, the same power that raised Christ from the dead living and dwelling on the inside of you, enabling you to walk through whatever you've got to walk through so you can get to the other side of it victorious, so you're not squashed like a bug halfway through, but you can make it through with the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. He says, you're not like that, for the Holy One has given you his spirit. And then he says, and all of you know the truth. I want to remind you of this. The Holy Spirit brings you truth. The Holy Spirit isn't going to bring you into a mess. The Holy Spirit isn't going to take you to some funky doctrine. The Holy Spirit isn't going to take you to some weird place where people are doing all kinds of things. And you're like, what is happening over here? The Holy Spirit left me here. No, the Holy Spirit would not lead you to those places because he is the spirit of truth. And he will lead you into all truth. You need truth in your life? Does anybody need truth in their life? Are you looking for truth in your life? Well, the Bible says if you need truth, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Let me show you this verse in John somewhere. Chapter 16, verse 38, uh, or 13, I'm sorry, it says, Jesus is talking. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. If you're looking for truth in your life, look no further than the Holy Spirit. 
all right, all right, all right. He says, I'm writing to you in verse 21, not because you don't know the truth, because they do know the truth, because he just said that they had the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth living inside of them. He says, I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And he says this, who is a liar? And then he says, anybody who says that Jesus is not the Christ, that person is a liar. Then he says, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. And anybody who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. He's listing off people that are telling lies because these people had crept in. These are the lies that he was having to debunk and say, this is not truth. This is a lie because these are the things that were trying to be taught in the body. That's why he wrote this letter to these people. And he's saying, these are not truth. I don't need to tell you this because you have the spirit of truth inside of you telling you that this isn't true. Have you ever found yourself in a place where somebody is trying to tell you something and you intricately know on the inside of you, you intrinsically know inside of you that it is wrong, that it is false? That's the spirit of truth at work at you, telling you, uh-uh, this ain't right. This isn't truth. This isn't Jesus. This is something else. And you need to run. You need to get, you need to get yourself out of here. Let me tell you something. Listen to that voice. When that voice is speaking to you, listen. You don't have to, you don't have to stay in every encounter and try and debunk the lie. Sometimes you can say, hmm, that's interesting, and then leave. Sometimes, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. Sometimes by telling yourself, I've got to stay and make this right, you're taking on a responsibility that might not be yours. And in doing so, you might get yourself in a place where you are spiritually beyond yourself, and that's a dangerous place to be. It's okay for you to walk away sometimes. You don't have to fight every fight. I don't know if you believe that. We're supposed to fight the good fight. Okay, yes, you are. But there are times, listen, one of my favorite expressions is this. Don't wrestle with a pig because you both get dirty and the pig likes it. <laughs> Honest to God, that's one of my favorite expressions. And if you didn't get it, let me explain it to you. <laughs> What the expression is saying is, pigs love to be dirty. And many times, many of us go and we find somebody foolish who is wallowing around in lies, in mud, in filth, and we say, we've got to wrestle with this person, but the problem is, you're both going to come out covered in dirt, looking dirty and filthy, and the pig is the one who likes it and prefers to be there anyways. So sometimes, the wise decision is to walk away and pray. Talk less, pray more. Talk less, pray more. Somebody needs to hear this. Talk less, pray more. That's something my dad told me a long time ago. I was talking to him about pastoring, and I said, what well, if there was one piece of information the you version now could tell the previous version? 
what would you say? And he sat there and he thought for a long time. And he said, well, he said, I would tell myself this. Talk less and pray more. Because sometimes you just can't talk people out of all kinds of things. The only thing that can change their mind is the Spirit of God. So let the Spirit of God do what the Spirit of God is called to do, and you just be you. Oh, this is so much fun. We're having so much fun, guys. I'm glad you're all here with me. We're just having a blast. He says, these are the lies. Anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. He goes in now. He's, he's moving from being in the last hour, the last days, He's talked about the Antichrist spirits, the Antichrist people who were there teaching false doctrine. He's talking about how you have the spirit of truth on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. And then he moves into this thought about living in Christ and remaining in Christ. And he says in verse 24, we're going to read verse 24 to 27 and make a couple comments on it. He says, so you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son, and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life you promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. We've talked about this often, but sometimes we need to be reminded that there is an enemy out there seeking to destroy you. You know what? Sometimes we just forget that the enemy really would love just to take us out of the game. To cause us to sit on the sidelines, not be involved, and just waste away our time watching TV, counting down the days so we go to heaven and be in glory with Jesus. Oh, glory, I'm going to heaven. Can I just get, can I just get out of here any faster, Lord? There is something out there. There is wickedness. There is evil. There is an enemy after you to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't forget it. If you have in your mind that somebody is chasing you, you won't stop running. Listen. If I said there's an ax man outside. And he's chasing us. We would run, and we would run, and we would run, and we would run, and we would run. Wouldn't we? And you're saying, all I got to do is outrun the other person. Just got to outrun that person. But when somebody's chasing you, you have it in your mind. You got to keep going. You got to keep running because somebody's after you. But so often, because we can't see the enemy in our life, we can't see the wickedness in our life, we can't see the enemy on your trail, we don't see it, so we forget about it and we get comfortable in life. But if you remember that there is an enemy after you trying to take you out, you will run the race that God has put before you. Mm. So he says, you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. Listen, so the first thing he's talking about here, he says, you must remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. What they were taught from the beginning when they, when they first heard about Jesus is when the apostles showed up 
and talk to them about Jesus, about who he was, about what he did, about what Jesus had come and done for these people, what Jesus had come and set them free from, the, the freedom that Jesus bought for these people. That's what they heard at the beginning. And so John is saying, remain faithful, right here, remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. For us, right here, right now, we have to remain faithful to the words that we find in this book. We don't get to pick and choose the parts we like and the parts we don't like. You've got to remain faithful to what you've heard from the beginning. The truth in this book is not up for debate. It is true. Let's say it again. Can I just remind you, this book is not up for debate. Every word in this book is the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. And we will stand on the truth found in this word. So he says, you've got to remain faithful to what you've been taught. Then he says, if you do, if you remain faithful, you will stay in fellowship with the, um, he says, you'll stay in fellowship with the son and with the father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised. He says, I'm writing to warn you. He said, there's those out there that want to lead you astray, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. The Holy Spirit, listen to me, the Holy Spirit will always lead you into truth. You never have to question what the Holy Spirit is going to say or where he's going to take you because he always leads you into truth. He says, it is not a lie. So just as he taught you, the Holy Spirit taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. We are called as followers of Jesus to live in fellowship. We are called to stay looking in this word. We are called to open, listen, if you call yourself a child of God, you don't really have an option about whether you read the Bible or not. I don't like to read the Bible. I don't care. I didn't make this up. But if you want to know the Lord, if you want to stay in fellowship with him, then you open this book and read about him, understand him, find out more about him. Let him speak to you about himself. Let him talk to you about who he is, what he has done before, and what he wants to do for you now, what he wants to do in you. You're only going to find that by reading this book. I don't want to. It's too hard. I fall asleep when I read the Bible. It's boring. Well, sit on a thumbnail. I don't care. Do, do something. To stay. Stand up and read the Bible. Do what you got to do. Because if you want to stay in fellowship with the Father and with Jesus, crack this open. It's, it's still boring. It's not boring. It's not boring. This book is life. This book is full of truth that will set you free. This book is full of the answers that you're looking for in your life. And you go from person to person to person looking for the answers when all the while everything you need is right here on these pages. Just open it up. You're like, I don't believe you. Try me. Put me to the test. Put my words to the test. Go home and begin to read your Bible for 30 days and come back to me. 
in 30 days and tell me if your life hasn't improved. Tell me if you haven't learned more about Jesus. Tell me if you haven't uh, known more, experienced more, seen more, see God more in what you're doing, see him showing up in your life. You tell me in 30 days. Put it to the test. But just read your Bible. Yeah? I could hear some hearts in here saying, but you don't, you don't know, Pastor Jake, I have a learning disability or I have comprehension issues or I have dyslexia. And I say in the name of Jesus, healing come in Jesus name that you will not be afraid to crack open the book, a scripture that has brought me great life and, and just like courage to read the book because going, when I was young, I had comprehension issues with Psalm 119. It says, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from the law. So you know, if that's you, just you can just lift your hands up here right now. I'm not here to embarrass anyone, and there's no shame. Amen. There's no shame in the house of the Lord. Um, but, God, I just thank you that you are the healer, that you are Jehovah Rapha, and you are healing minds right now, Lord. Even where there has been shame, God, I say that may courage arise in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and the knowledge of you, Lord, so that when we read your words, Lord God, they jump out at us, Lord God, Lord, that they feed our spirit, that that spirit of fear would no longer have that hold on our lives, Lord Jesus. God, but I thank you that people are stepping into a new season and no longer will you be bound by the shame of what other people said you were. Amen? In Jesus' name. Amen. We're almost done here. Real quick in verse 26, I just noticed this while Jen was encouraging us. It says, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you've received the Holy Spirit. You know, you need to remind yourself, you need to be aware that the Holy Spirit will supernaturally keep you out of trouble and out of traps. There are enemies that are out there seeking to destroy you, and the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you navigate through those, search, those situations and those circumstances to the other side of where it is you need to be. But it's the Holy Spirit, because he's a spirit of truth, he will lead you in truth through all those things. All right, so verse 28 and 29 is where we're going to end today. He says, and now, dear children, the heading in my Bible says, living as children of God. So now John is talking about markers that you will find in the life of somebody who's living as a child of God. And I want to remind you, if you've given your life to Jesus, the Bible says that you are a child of God, that he has moved you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. It talks about how we are co-heirs and joint heirs with Christ. And so we are children of God. And he says, and now if you're living as a child of God, he says, dear children, Number one, remain in fellowship with Christ. I want to tell you what that word remain means just so you really grasp it and understand it. Because when we, word the, when we read the word remain, we just think like the word remain means to stay put, right? But we all know that the Greek language seems to be far superior to our English language. And so in Greek, here's what the word remain means. It's the Greek word meno, and it means to stay in a given place. To stay in a given state, to stay in a given relation, to stay in a state of expectancy. It means this, to abide, to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, to stand, and to tarry. So when it says remain in fellowship with Christ, it means that you stay put. That you abide there. What does abide mean? Abide means this is my home. This is where I live. I abide here. I abide. I live in fellowship with God. If I am a child with God, if I'm a child of God, I live in fellowship with God. Where do you live? Oh, I live in fellowship with God. I thought you lived at the lake, man. I do. 
but I also live in fellowship with God. This is where I live, in relation with him. My life, my whole life is, is right here in fellowship with him. I don't want to live anywhere else but in his presence. It means that you tarry, that you continue, that you dwell there, that you endure, that you, I love this one, be present. Can we talk about being present for a moment? Be present in his presence. Put your phone down. Well, that's where my Bible's at. Get a different Bible. I can't. You can. They make them on paper. Listen, if you can't go into the presence of God and not get distracted by looking at your cell phone, then get yourself a Bible so you can put your cell phone away and just be present in his presence. It's not going to kill you to be without your cell phone for 20 minutes. Are you going to read my Bible for 20 minutes? I want you to read your Bible a whole lot longer than 20 minutes, but we'll start there. (laughs) Guys, hang on. We're almost done. Just hang on. We're going to get through this. says, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ. Your life needs to be in fellowship with Christ, in relationship with Christ. His, his thoughts need to be your thoughts. His desires need to be your desires. His world becomes your world. You know, we pray when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, what is, like, what is the starting point? May your kingdom come and may your will be done. So you stay there in fellowship, you remain in fellowship, so that when he returns, you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. All who do what is right are God's children. You mean I have to live a life where I do what's right? According to the scripture, we are called to live a life where we strive to act and live the way that Jesus Christ told us to act. That means we put certain things away. That means we don't dwell on certain thoughts. That we don't allow our mind to go on crazy road trips. And we end up somewhere way down the road in thought that we should not be, that our lives are fixed on Jesus. I love the New King James. It says that those who practice righteousness. Righteousness is big and fancy, and it means in right standing with God is what it means. But you're practicing it, where you're working at it. Listen, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to miss the mark. Remember that the word sin means to literally miss the mark. And we're all going to miss the mark at some point. But you are practicing righteousness. You are practicing living a life where you are doing what is right. Where you are actively saying, I will not engage in these things because there's not right. And on that note, there is right and there is wrong. There is right. And we are called as followers of Jesus, as his children, to live in fellowship with him. To live a life in relationship with him. 
where we listen for his voice, where we follow his direction, where we follow his leading, and where we live a life where we practice to do what is right, where we practice to live out what we find inside of this book. We don't pick and choose parts where we say, I'm going to live my life according to the scriptures. I'm going to be who you've called me to be. I'm going to go where you've called me to go. And I'm going to do what you've called me to do because I live my life in relationship and in fellowship with you. Amen? Stand up with me. I am so thankful that I have a husband that speaks the truth of the word of God. Aren't you thankful you have a pastor that speaks the truth of the word of God? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Are you want to say something else? No, I'm just, I'm just thankful. I, I think in the times that we live in, I'm really, really, really thankful for the word of God. Well, let's do this then. Let's take a few moments, and without me hollering at you. Let's allow the Spirit of God to speak to us for just a second. As children of God, we're called to live in fellowship with Him. That's what our life is supposed to look like. Where we wait in His presence, where we listen to His voice. Well, that's where we live, is in His relationship and in His fellowship. So let's take a moment and just allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. And ask Him in this moment, in your own way, ask him if he thinks that you live in fellowship with him. If he thinks that you live a life where you are remaining in fellowship with him. Ask him what he thinks about that. And then listen for the answer. We're just going to worship for a minute. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.